0: Oh What's up, guys, and welcome back to this episode of the Road to Redemption podcast. Cam here, as always. I'm kind of in a mood today. Kind of in a mood. Um, got to find a place to clip my headphone thing there. Um, so I just listened to the... Jesus. Uh, I just listened to the interview that MGK did with the Breakfast Club. And, yes, they spent most of the time talking about Eminem, but uh, they talked about something very, very important as the, uh, he kind of gave props to Mac Miller and everything. I thought it was... A very big thing, obviously Machine Gun Kelly has had issues with substance abuse problems himself, and they kind of confronted them on it. They were like, hey, we don't want to see you end up like Mac Miller um, of an overdose. And MGK said something really, really beautiful, I think, in the sense of, I can appreciate it too because I've had substance issues problems. And his quote was, you can't expect as a world to break people down constantly and them not want to escape. You know, because we hear it a lot. We hear people talking about, "Oh well, how can you have all these problems when you're so filthy rich?" And oh, it must be so hard being a millionaire and all this. But then, when they when they do their craft and they are, you know, they act or they paint or they create a YouTube video or a social media account or whatever on whatever scale we're so fast to turn around and go, Well, look at this piece of shit and look look at this and look at that. I have a whole fucking episode called You're Not Gary V where it's me shitting on people who are trying to imitate the example that Gary V's put out. So I'm I'm just as guilty. I'm not casting any stones here, but we as people Are so fast to be like, well, fuck that dude and do this, and uh, look, he's doing that, and he's doing this, and he's trying to act like this person. Who gives a shit? If that's what makes somebody happy, let them go. And you know, it seems the bigger your success comes, the more it hurts because your audience is bigger. If one person tells you that you suck at what you're doing, okay, that hurts. But if a million people, are telling you and commenting on your pieces of art that you're putting out, and this guy fucking sucks, and he fell off, and this and that and this. And then you wonder, like, why do they need to escape so bad? And when you, if you watch it, which I highly recommend you go and watch The Breakfast Club, and I don't usually recommend them um, because I'm not usually a fan of Charlemagne, but if you look at the part where they asked MGK about His substance abuse, he sits back and you can just see it. A million things are going through his mind and he's somebody who's strong and he's confident in his abilities but he's a human being and he'll even say he's an emotional human being. And when he has to hear right now especially with all this stuff with Eminem going on, um, he's hearing all these people, you whack ass piece of shit and this and that and this is yeah, like yeah that's Sorry, my dog's gonna hack stuff up. Um, but like, yeah, that's gonna hurt. I make social media posts on a small scale, and like somehow I have one bad review on um on iTunes. If somebody one-starred it, and like that still fucking hurts because you want people to like the shit you put out. And you want people to accept you. It's no different than being in high school, only you're on a much greater scale when you're famous. And I think our biggest takeaway from this, hopefully, is don't be the person that's doing negative shit online to people and then being the same person that turns around and goes, well, I, I don't know why these people have it so bad. I don't know why these people are you know, always so bummed out. Why are all these celebrities killing themselves? It's because of... Fuckheads like us. And our judgmental, uh, holier than now self-righteous bullshit that we all do to each other. Well, your thing doesn't look or sound or taste or smell like my thing, so ah, fuck that thing. Instead of going, hey, I don't get it. You know? Eh. But that doesn't mean I can't support this person. That doesn't mean that I-, I definitely don't need to click a button, type angry shit, and send it to that person. Like... I don't know. I just, when I looked into MGK's eyes as he was talking about this, you can see a lot of pain from somebody that's, again, come from a lot of pain, myself, and substance abuse problems. When that look that he had on his face took me back in time to when I was sitting on my tan microfiber sofa going, I know, I know that... This is going to hurt people. I know that I'm hurting people every single day. I hate myself. I hate the way I feel. I I hate everything about this. But when I stop, the pain that I feel is so much greater than what I'm feeling now. I don't want to feel that. Emotional pain is very, very difficult to process. Because it fucking hurts when something hurts your body is going to naturally try to defend away from it that's why alcohol and substance substances are so big even on a small scale caffeine is a drug it is but we most of us need it guys look right here on my table i have two yerba mate's and i've already drank four today and that's just to get up and get going with my day we all need some help and we all need some sort of escape from the shit that tolls on us because I have a very happy marriage. I'm about to have a beautiful daughter. I have a great relationship with my family. Um, I, I can honestly say, I don't think I have people that genuinely hate me or that are that can look in and say that they have a real problem with me for any reason. I don't I don't think that f- at all. Um, but I have things that bother me. You know, my relationship with my daughter. It does hurt when people, like, um, say things about content that you put out. Or it does hurt when you have a best friend and you ask him about, you know, like my podcast and he goes, I haven't listened to it. I, you know, never listened to it. That shit hurts. But at the same time, it's because I realize I, I'm requesting them to take time and give a shit about what I'm doing. They've got their own stuff going on. Um, and it's just, you know, I have things that hurt me. I have things that hurt. But I can honestly say that I'm so much happier now. I've learned that hurting sober is so much better only because when you hurt sober, you don't then wake up feeling more like shit. right? Um, from somebody like me, I would have to drink... To be able to be out in public. My anxiety would be so bad. I couldn't sit at a restaurant. Without drinking beer and having a buzz. Because I just didn't have the ability. To stay calm. Out in public and stuff like that. And then it turned into. Well now I have to drink to sleep. Because if I don't. If I don't keep drinking. After I go out to the restaurant. Then I'm going to start to feel like shit. As I lay down to bed. And I can't do that. So then I'm drinking to go out in public, then I have to do it to go to sleep, and now I feel like such dog shit in the morning, I have to drink to be able to get up and make it to the shower. My legs have no real muscle density to them, I, I'm shaking, I'm, you know, I feel horrible, I have to somehow get downstairs, which at a point in my life was actually difficult for me. Um, to use the muscles in my legs to walk in a hangover state was very hard. Um, So I'd get down and, and start, you know, I'd have to get about two beers in me, then I could function to get in the shower and brush my teeth and get dressed, have about two or three more beers, get to work, have a thing that I've got, you know, whiskey or something in that's mixed with something strong, like a cinnamon, so my breath doesn't smell crazy, and then I could, you know, go through my work day. And then after that, I would have to drink to be able to either make plans to go out or because I didn't want to sit around home, home bored or, you know, thinking about anything that I may have to um, may have to get done. But it's, it's all relative to the fact of you're avoiding shit. You're avoiding shit. Because now when I go out to eat, I still get anxious. I still feel like people are looking at me and I still feel like, you know, if something was to happen in this building, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? Uh but now I've I've walked into that room enough times and come out alive that now I'm not afraid of it anymore. It still is unpleasant when I think about it. Uh, when I think about those feelings welling up of anxiety and when I feel about like the sadness of that the relationship with my daughter is not the way that I wish it was. But at the same time, I don't let that wreck my entire world now. And when somebody leaves a mean comment on my social media or somebody DMs me something crazy I don't let that be the reason that I go down to the store and buy alcohol anymore. I Just go Okay, I get it. Not everybody likes me. That hurts. It's a reality of life, but not everybody's going to like me There's gonna be people who Actually despise what I'm doing and and hope that it never works out but at the same regard I can control how I respond to it And if I respond with kindness And love and everything like that And I just stay sober My day the next day Is, is so much better um, But I know that I'm kind of rambling here I I just want to encourage people I want to encourage people To to speak Speak to actual people um, Talk about the things that are bothering you Celebrate the good things in life too That's That's a hard one uh, in recovery especially when you're when you first go into any kind of substance abuse recovery it's about bearing all bearing all the pain and all the hurt and getting all that shit out right and then that becomes a part of your lifestyle is you always talk about your feelings and you always talk about how things hurt you and how that feels And but then most people don't continue on to the part of Now be grateful for the things that go well, right? There's hurt, there's pain, but there's an amazing relationship with my wife. A brand new baby girl who's coming. Financially, we're okay. My things with my daughter is getting better. Like my relationship with my family is good. I enjoy doing my podcast. I love setting up the equipment and doing all this, right? I live a good life overall. What else? What else can I really do there? It's hard to now get up in a bad mood, right? But I've been in days where financially I'm fucked, I've made an ass out of myself while I was drinking and my wife is not happy with me and my mom's not talking to me and things with my daughter were worse than ever and everybody's telling me what a piece of shit I am. And oh, by the way, I didn't ha- I couldn't keep a job because I kept losing them due to drinking. Right? I've been there where you know uh things aren't great the greatest thing in my day was that i at some point i would still be allowed to be selfish enough to go down and get more alcohol and then i would enjoy tv and i would laugh and i would be distracted but then when i realized that in recovery when i don't do those things i get to now see the sunshine right I get to see the sunshine when I walk out my door because I'm not in jail. Or I get to feel the fall breeze on my face because, and it's not in a wreck yard of a jail because I didn't go out drinking. When I became happy with seeing the sun and the wind again, when I was grateful for that every day, everything else started to get better. That was a very pivotal moment in my life when I looked up at the sky and said, I'm grateful for the wind, for the sun, the warmth of the sun, the people moving around. I'm grateful to see every single one of these things because yesterday I couldn't. When you look at everything from that basic fundamental of gratitude, you find it hard to have a bad day. I have people that talk shit about me all the time don't care. Don't care. Can't control it. Can't control it. And wouldn't want to. Because to change that situation, I would need to sit in a room with that person and go back and forth and banter and this and that and I'm not this person anymore and you should... nah, Don't have time for it. Don't have time for it. I've got too much shit that I'm doing. That's good. Right? And then on top of that, this will transition nicely into... Uh, What I wanted to talk about as well today, relationships, right? Now, I'm not talking about my marriage. Um, Me and my wife are fantastic, and I always want to put that disclaimer in because I don't ever want there to be, you know, my wife listens to some of these. Um, She's very busy as well, so she doesn't always get the chance to. But um, in a relationship, right, I find that a lot of the time, there's somebody who's doing a lot, right? They're going to work. They're trying to invest their time into their spouse while also trying to have their hobbies and their interests and the things that they like in relationships outside of the marriage. Um, not not a bad one. Um, like friends and stuff and family, personal relationships. And then there's one person who's doing a lot of stuff. Right? They, they work, they do their hobbies, they do this, they do that. Everything's moving all the time. But rarely do they turn around and invest in the relationship. They will when it's convenient. right? When they want to go to an art gallery, now they'll make that into a date. But they're they are going to the gallery anyway. Or if they want to go to a concert of a musician they like, they, they'll they make that a date thing, but they would have gone if the date wasn't there. Make sense? You get it? Where, I, in the situations that I'm seeing, the other one who's putting into the relationship, they'll go on that date because it's a date with him, even though they don't really enjoy the, the concert that they're seeing. But if they weren't together, they would have been doing something else, whatever they like to do, Right? And I find we treat the people who we love the most the most like shit because you expect them to be there the next day. You expect them to always put up with the way that that is because everybody's comfortable, right? Eh, we're married now. Where are you going? It's bullshit. It's bullshit. Let me explain something to everyone. The worst thing you can ever do to a human being is nag at them. If you're saying all this stuff, this is what gets people in a lot of trouble, you're saying all this stuff, Uh, I love you, I want to build a life together with you, I want to have kids with you, I want to buy bigger houses and go on vacations, I want this stuff. 90% of the time, you're invested in your shit. Nothing to do with anybody else. Your shit. 10% of the time, when it is about family, it's still about going in the direction you want to go. There's going to be a time where one person grows and grows and grows and grows, and the other person doesn't. Because now, someone who has loved you and supported you, you've put them in this box where they do things to assist the way that you live and they've lost themselves in the process. So when you find that you're nagging at someone going, well, remember, we have to do this and then we have to do that and then we have to do this. And you remember, you've got to get this and you have to do that or else none of this works. You're nagging at someone because they don't want to do it, right? When you hear the famous marriage fights, well, this motherfucker can't figure out how to load the dishwasher or change over a load of laundry. It's not the fact that that guy has an issue doing chores. It's he doesn't want to do them for you. If you leave me in a room by myself, I will always keep that room clean. I will wash the clothes however I could. I would never leave my space a mess, even if I didn't have a wife, right? I have a wife who I love very much. So when she comes home from a day of work and I'm off, especially after I've done shit like talking to a microphone for an hour, I make it my point to ensure that the house is nice for her when she gets home. Because I love her, I love a tidy space, and I want that for our family its best. Less clutter, helps you sleep better, scientifically proven. It's just nice. And I want to do that for my wife. When you have very little regard for the other person and you're making them live in this life that is just kind of the feature to your life, they don't have a lot of purpose. So keeping a clean house doesn't really matter because now they usually suck themselves into a TV show, a YouTube channel, the gym, something. Something else outside of that. Now people start growing apart, away from each other. So watch in every relationship that you have are you constantly negotiating and always compromising and are you the feature or are you constantly on your other's ass about something hey you didn't do this when i told you to do that and then when you didn't do this this fu- caused this to fall apart now i can't do this and that. or are you fortunate, uh, like I am, where my wife and I just work? Everything that we do is for the common greater good of ourselves, uh, of our family, and what we're doing. There's never time when someone's like, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't really want to do that. We understand what it is when we're together. It just works. Um, we both just look out for each other. And I say this all because when your relationships are suffering, you suffer a lot. And, and I don't want, um, I don't ever want to see that for anybody. So I'm talking from some past experiences that I've had. And I have friends that I talk to on a daily basis that are constantly in a state of emotional panic. Um, mainly because something in their life is off. You know, something in their in their home life is really suffering. So, for me, that that's a part of the lesson I wanted to talk about. I did want to get into a little bit of uh, current events. Give me a second. Current events, I wanted to talk about this freaking Kavanaugh thing. And I know I'm probably going to lose people to this or whatever. People are going to be pissed at me. And it's going to almost... I don't know. I don't know if it's going to contradict what I said earlier about saying negative things, but uh, okay. Judge Kavanaugh, who is Donald Trump's pick to go to the Supreme Court. Supreme Court judge position is a lifetime position. You can never lose it unless you want to. Um, I don't think. That's how it's always been. It's a lifetime job. It's like having tenure. He was supposed to be confirmed as the Again, Supreme Court judge like this week. On Monday, I think, a lady comes out and says 35 years ago when he was in high school he sexually harassed me. She didn't claim that he raped her. Claimed that he sexually harassed Made a comment, groped her, something. In high school. Okay? Uh, and then... So that puts all this confirmation thing on the block. It stops it, because now there's an investigation of some kind. Then the lady comes out and says, Well, I don't remember what year it was, I don't remember the exact details, and I don't really remember uh, his name. The name slipped her mind for all these years. During a therapy session... Her therapist uncovers some of this for her, of who it was. So, okay, now we're having a different conversation. Now, it's not maybe him kind of hidden somewhere in your subconscious. There's this event that happened. Even though this man's been in the headline news for all the time lately, um, you could have maybe subconsciously rolled him in the back of your head and then whatever manifested itself as you're talking about very deep and very emotional things. But 35 years, you're going to come in now and try to wreck this guy's entire existence when even you are not really sure. Now, I want to I say this. I have very close people in my life who have been sexually assaulted and, and molested. Very close people in my life. Any victim of a sexual harassment or sexual assault case should be the loudest in this conversation. For the simple being, if you report something 35 years later, one, you can't be expecting much. There would be no physical evidence that would be At all obtainable. A.K.A. Bill Cosby. That would... Pin you to that. So you're saying this now about... At the time a child. He was in high school. He was a child. You're testing his character as a man now in his 50s. Hmm. Or... Were you sent as a political pawn to hold up a hearing so that way your person could maybe have a better chance to win but in the same time you're willing to ruin someone's life you don't know what could happen to this person because lord knows our justice system is not set up that you're innocent until proven guilty you are fucking guilty Until something happens that shows that maybe it was somebody else. Or it never happened. But then, when things come out and these allegations are made, and they go, uh, yeah, nothing we can do, no way we can confirm that that happened, he's now always known to have this sexual assault case over her head, and nothing happens to this person. Even if they prove it, flat out, she lied, didn't happen. Nothing happens to her. But, Kavanaugh's wife, kids, family, reputation, all goes up on this, eh, don't give a fuck, pedestal. It's wrong. It's wrong. If something happens to you, I get it, there's a time of grieving and denial and acceptance and anger and sadness. I get it. There's a process that your brain has to physically go through and emotionally go through. You're not always going to be able to come out day one after it happens and go, right, something happened to me, I need to tell someone. I need to hold this person accountable so they can't do it to anybody else. But they've proven that people have uncovered memories that never happened in therapy sessions because of questions that were asked or guided or labeled in a certain way. And then somehow your subconscious put shit together that was never there. I've told lies in my life that I believe to be true and 100% real that never happened. We're capable of that. I'm not saying this makes this lady a bad person. She may be doing it unconsciously. She may actually have been a victim. This Kavanaugh guy may have done something. But you can't come out 35 years later want an uproar, want a backing, want to support, and it not be a little fishy to everyone, especially when it happens at literally the last moment before something majorly political happens. But again, nobody cares about Kavanaugh and his kids and what his kids are probably thinking and what his wife has to be considering, at least pondering, and I know there's going to be trolls and shit They go, well, if he didn't do anything, if he's not that kind of guy, his wife would never have to worry about that. She's involved in this. Her family is involved in this. Your mind as a human being will always at least wander to the worst case scenario once in almost every situation. It will. What's the worst that could happen here? What if they found somehow, whatever... She kept the pair of underwear she wore that night. And she could prove it. She has DNA evidence. It's him. What if? Shit's happened. I mean. And I think that we as, as American people are so fast. And I think it goes into what we were talking about before. Fuck you. You piece of shit. Fuck you. And then even when it comes out that this thing didn't happen. Or whatever. Eh. Still kind of fuck you because, eh, uh, maybe. You know. Because it was said once that you. That's how we treat people. On the biggest forms of social media, which is now our town square. it's what it is. So much. Fuck you, fuck no, fuck you. Hey, fuck you. Why? Why? And I know it probably sounds like I, I've gone way too deep into these, you know, internet rabbit holes and stuff, but guys, like, this is real. Now, again, I, I want to also say this. I think that those voices, the fuck you are the minority. It, it's not the big common group of people. But the fact is... People are being emotionally manipulated and and um, having their minds altered. Your reality is only your perspective. You only gain perspective by the things that you consume in, right? Whether those be true or false, it it in, it changes your perspective, which changes your reality. How you see things—that's your reality. But there are people that walk around thinking that all this shit is bad, and it's there's all this bad stuff. To them, that's their reality. There's all this hate and there's this division and there's this. There is a little bit, but the majority of people are still good. But because there is that, I think we're at a prime time in our lives now, that we can go, okay, there are serious problems out there. With serious problems are going to come attention. It's just the way things work. When attention is there There's always going to be people that cry wolf Because they want that attention as well And they're selfish sons of bitches And they don't care They, they want what they want And they'll do anything to get it And then after that There's a, a, a rubble pile Of okay We've got all these problems This shit is broken It's broken I don't know the first thing about cement work. I can't fix this road. But I know this shit's broken. This road leads to my house. Is where I live. It's got to get fixed. Because I can't live like this. I'm going to have to somehow get my car out to go to work. I don't know how I'm going to deal. This road is broken. Somebody fix it. As human beings, we're very emotional people. We get very emotionally attached to things. So when the smallest inconvenience happens inside of our own personal lives, we turn to this stuff now. For entertainment, for quick distractions, for to escape, like I talked about in the beginning. Then, now you're you're emotional about shit, and you're here... Clickbait comes up that just happens to be something that would really fucking make you mad. Would really just grind your fucking gears. Somehow, it ends up on your timeline. I'm not going to go into why that happens. Now you're here, and you're a cocksucker, motherfucker. Now you're that person that causes shit to happen in other people's lives. Just because you needed an escape and someone inside of that cesspool of life manipulated your need for an escape. Trust the sources of your escapes. When people show you that they don't give a fuck about you, believe them. If someone has been treating you like shit, believe them. That they show that they don't give a fuck about you. Leave. Go away. Live a better life. It's going to be harder. But I'm a living example. If you leave when people show that they don't give a fuck about you. And you leave. Things suck for a little bit. And then they get significantly better. And then guess what? Now your life is happy. You're good inside the walls that you live in. Things aren't perfect, but they're good. Now I don't need to go to this all the time for things. I don't need gratification through Instagram. And you know what's funny? Last night, I posted a a picture of my wife and I, and I put likes and followers will never beat genuine love and support, right? And I'm talking, I'm I'm shitting, kind of, on likes, followers, the Instagram, whatever. um, The Instagram addictions that we have in this country. And this picture, as we speak right now, is sitting at 966 likes. That's more likes than I've probably gotten in a couple months since I stopped taking my shirt off on Instagram. So as I'm saying, screw the likes and followers. Fuck them. Right? Doesn't mean much. In the real grand scheme of things, even though I appreciate them, I, I love when people interact with me, but it doesn't define me anymore. I'm not escaping to Instagram to try to make my life what what I wish it would look like. I'm building a life that I love. So I don't need that anymore. I've matured from that. I still love it. I still get upset when a picture bombs. <laughs> but it then it does better than they ever do and then it kind of draws you back in you're like see I, I love this look people are good people love this people are saying yeah fuck the likes sorry i'm swearing a lot on this i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm gonna get dms of people been like dude you swore a lot today i'm sorry uh but yeah so that that's kind of where i've been at uh this morning is uh Man, I, I just want to see people live their best life possible. I really wanna, I want to see people live their best life possible. And I know what's out there, and I know how bad sometimes it hurts. And I want to talk about them so that way, if other people are going through them, um, you definitely don't feel like you're on your own. I don't, I don't ever want anyone to feel like they're going through this life on their own because they're not. Every problem that you're going through, um, you know, I, I'm sure other people have gone through as well. So. Uh, know that and let's let's go on a little bit of a lighter note i've already been talking for 36 minutes and i've also kept the youtube camera rolling pretty well if you guys keep hearing that my voice goes in and out it's because i go over and stop and restart the camera because it will it will shut off um let's let's take it on a lighter note my wife my wife Got me this flannel. She knows how much I love flannels. And I've told her forever, I don't wear winter coats. They're too... Especially the big, like, 90s kid ones. Looks like you're wearing a fucking uh, air tube around your shit. Hey guys, I'm going to cuss a lot in this episode. Sorry. I don't want to hear... I'm not going to keep trying to censor it. Um, yeah. And I, I don't like them. But I, I never wear a coat. <coughs> in the wintertime. I, uh, I've always been one of those people, I'm, I'm an asshole, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an asshole, I wear shorts in the winter time with sandals, and I wear hoodies and long sleeves in the summertime. because I'm a fucking asshole, I don't know why I do it, I don't know, I enjoy it, I also used to wear two pairs of basketball shorts under all of my jeans, why? Don't know, always did it, I used to wear my socks halfway off my foot, and it drove my parents and my grandparents insane, why do you do that? Why do you wear your socks like that? I, I, fuck, I don't know. I just do. Don't know. Anyway, I got this flannel, and I told my wife, I said, I've always wanted one of the ones with, like, the sheep's wool stuff on the inside. They're warm. This would be my winter coat. Guess what? It's not my birthday. My wife brings me on this. It's a nice flannel. It's comfy. It's cozy. The sleeves are a little too short for YouTube, if you guys can see that. Sleeves are a little too short, but that's that's the curse of being a, um, as I call them, long face, skinny body. So I'm six foot. I'm 170-ish pounds, uh, and I wear a medium. So I have long limbs, but I also have a long torso. So either the sleeves are a little too short, and the size, going down the sides, fit good. Or it's a belly shirt, but my sleeves are good. Yeah. You roll them up. Roll them up, Jack, cuz this thing's comfy. Roll them. Roll them. Uh, let's see what else we got. I got I actually have notes. I have notes written down um for this one. Notre Dame has Wake Forest this weekend. Notre Dame has been putting on kind of a shit show. Um yes, I get it. They're they're undefeated so far. They've been less than impressive this entire way. I hate to see Coach Kelly get involved in a uh, hold on. Yerba Mate break. I hate to see Kelly get involved in a pissing match with uh, Ball State's coach, or no, Vanderbilt's coach, I'm sorry, saying that they play bad football, cutting other knees. That's just when the team's already on such fragile foundation, that's not what the team needs. Whatever. Um, we've got Wake Forest this weekend. I think we better show up. That's all I got to say. Um, we better show up. I wanted, we saw the movie, uh, The Nun, my wife and I did, I'm not a big, huge, scary movie thing, I have forever, I have, uh, I had a hard line in the sand in my life when it came to scary movies, I never fuck with things that are possessions, demons, evil, I don't fuck with it, nah, it's not entertaining, I don't believe that's something you mess with in your life, Um, where I don't I don't really believe um, that there's a monster out there and by opening up this thing, you you invite a monster in. I don't really believe that. But I believe that negative energy and evil is really out there. And when you entertain that type of shit, uh, you you open your own energy portal up to that right that's what i actually believe so for me i no longer walk into it uh i was raised southern baptist christian i used to walk into something like that where i would refuse to walk into it but i would think about it as if i do this i'm literally opening this door for this boogeyman to come into my life and you've seen the movies it's very theatrical you've read the stories there's a lot of bones breaking, blood snapping it's bad um, but now I have different I guess spiritual beliefs and I believe in energies and the things that you put out or the things that you attract and that's kind of what formulates all this and how life works out, yes I believe that there is a creator and I believe that something amazingly powerful and beautiful built all this and has its purpose but I, I don't I know it definitely doesn't look like us I don't think it looks like a person I don't think it's a person I think it's this omnipotent amazing energy being thing That is way too big for me to even be able to fathom So I don't try to Um, But With that new life Spiritual belief I look at things like possession movies Or scary movies They're entertainment um, it's entertainment. It's So if you look at it strictly from an entertain, entertainment value, the movie itself was okay. Eh, it was all right. I, I wasn't impressed as far as somebody who doesn't really mess with scary movies. I like the Halloweens and the Jasons and the Freddies, but I don't, I don't want to watch people get cut up for an hour like Saul. I don't want to watch people be brutally tortured. There's no entertainment value there for me. Um, you got a nun. I'm not going to spoil it. And obviously an evil possessed... I think they led to the fact that it was like a demonic thing. Um, was dressed as a nun and kind of working around this thing. This nunnery or what convent. Eh. Eh. eh story was okay. There was a few parts that you're like, oh! And, eh. It was alright. I think that Jason, Freddie, Michael Myers... I think those are solid stories. Mainly because... That shit is possible. Now, the amount of times that they die and come back, Freddy's not possible. It's a comes out and gets you while you're sleeping. But yeah, I'm gonna rock you fuckers to sleep tonight. Anyway. Um, Michael Myers, minus the fact of how many times he dies and comes back to life, that's possible. It's a serial killer. Jason uh, is so scary because yeah, he dies all the time and he comes back on Friday the 13th or whatever. But like, there could be somebody out in the woods that attacks a cabin, and that could happen. Could happen. Um, and that came from someone's brainchild, so someone thought of it, and instead of doing it, turned it into a whatever. But uh, yeah, the movie The Nun. Eh, if you like scary movies, eh, I uh, I like The Nightmare Before Christmas. I love the Jasons. I love the Freddy. Uh, not not so much Freddy. Freddy's whatever. I like Michael Myers uh like i said nightmare before christmas sweeney todd is one of my favorite movies of all time the demon barber of fleet street with johnny depp uh it's one of my favorite movies all that stuff tim burton as stuff i love it i would watch alice in wonderland and edward scissorhands and stuff like that on halloween far before i want to watch um saw or uh what What's some of the other ones um uh, I'm blanking now on some of the real shitty ones. But like, Cabin in the Woods, those are all good. Jeepers Creepers was one of the first movies that ever actually scared the dog shit out of me. Uh, The only movie that's really scared me as an adult was the movie called The Strangers. Uh, The Strangers was a real fucked up movie. And it was really fucked up because it's this group of people that's fucking with these two people um, just coming back from a wedding... And when asked why are you doing this to me and you guys have, who have seen it they're already saying it because you were home that shit is scary <laughs> and that's a true story that really happened uh, yeah that that's the kind of shit that'll leave your boy up at night you know I, uh, I gotta stay up and watch a few stand-up comedies before I can uh, shake that one off because whoo-hoo. I remember that one. I still don't want to watch that one. To this day. That was a creepy ass movie. Alright. Let's wrap. How long have I been going? 45 minutes. I can tell this in 15 minutes. Let me check on the camera one more time. Uh, right, Let's tell this story. So. Dax Shepard. Who I think is hilarious. He's been a. Kind of a comedic. Relief character. And many many things. He started on Punked. You guys know who Dax Shepard is. If you don't. Googling. He has a very, very popular podcast called Armchair Expert, which I love. It's awesome. It it takes the seriousness out of Hollywood. He gets really, really big celebrities and sits them down and just turns them into uh, armchair experts and talks about real stuff that people want to hear about. His wife is Kristen Bell, uh, who is Anna in Frozen. She was, she's done a lot of work with um, Judd Apatow and Jason Segel and stuff like that. She's in, like, the... Um, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, uh, what's what's the other one? Russell Brand. Oh. Well, shit. Now I'm not gonna be able to think of her movies, but forgetting Sarah, Mar- it's Kristen Bell. Google her. So Dax Shepard has had a lot of substance abuse problems, and I understand I'm talking about substance abuse a lot here, but it's been in the news a lot, and. Dax is completely sober and Kristen Bell came out saying how she will smoke weed and she will do it around her husband and there were people that were like well this is awful selfish and there's this and there's that Um, Frozen, Forgetting Sarah Marshall Bad Moms, great movie she was in Chips um, she was the wife in Chips but there was another, Couples Retreat was a really really good one, that's not a Judd Apatow movie, what was the other Judd Apatow movie she was in? Bad Moms, I think, is Judd Apatow, but um, I thought she was in, like, a This Is 40 or something. Oh, get him to the Greek. Get him to the Greek. That's what it was. Um, watch. Someone's going to text me and be like, dude, that's not Judd Apatow. Stop saying Judd Apatow. Um What the hell was I talking to- Okay. So she uh, she said admitted that she smokes weed around her sober husband. And some people were like, ah, that's kind of selfish. Here's my thoughts. As someone who has an alcohol dependency, I don't drink. My wife is pregnant so she doesn't drink either currently and um, she's planning on breastfeeding so she's not going to drink even after. Um, But there will come a day when my wife will want to have a glass of wine again. Or she'll figure out how to do that properly um, while she's breastfeeding. I don't have a problem with that. Um, I understand and I tweeted about it. I understand that I have an alcohol dependency issue. I don't handle it well. So now I just don't do it. It's not that I can't. I could literally walk out of this studio, go less than a football field away from my house and buy a case of beer. I don't because I just understand it's better for my life that I don't. My wife doesn't have that problem. So therefore, I'm not going to put an unnecessary limitation on her life because of an issue I have. right? If my wife needed, I don't take prescription medications either. Never have. I don't even take Tylenol my wife takes some it's not like I'm going to scour the house for some mind-altering substance just because I have an alcohol dependency issue when you come to a real place of acceptance and um yeah acceptance for that that hey this is my problem it's just something I don't do anymore could if I wanted choose not to like my life better this way Eh, it's not a big deal you just, it's not something you don't do. It's just something, eh, I don't do it anymore. People want to make sobriety out to be this thing. Well, you, it's because, oh, are you sure? I have a glass here and it has a liquid in it. Yeah, you sure? And for some people, maybe I guess that's a problem. But for me, it's just not. I can go and eat at a place and sit in the bar area and not um, have to get a beer. I, I've understood that place before where I've sat there and I could not. But, yeah, I just don't think that being in any... And I don't even consider myself in recovery. Like, I don't go to AA. I don't do any of that shit. I just choose not to drink alcohol anymore. Um, I do use CBD products. And I am a big advocate for marijuana. So when it becomes legal here in Tennessee, I'll do that. Um, And I don't think that... People a lot of the time would say, well then you're not really sober. If you're taking these you know right now I take CBD which has no psychoactive effect, but some people would say, yeah, but you're you know you're not sober and then uh, what if a day comes that I'm legally allowed to use marijuana and they'll go, well, you're definitely not sober then because you're getting high from it. That's true. That is true. Um, but I still don't drink alcohol and I still choose not to mess with any painkillers so you call that whatever the hell you want. I've just figured out how my life works best. That doesn't mean that anybody around me cannot. So, with that rambling, I think I've made enough of an ass out of myself um, for the day, I'm sure. Um, A lot of my emails are about to start getting very quiet from from people that support this show because I've probably made myself out to look like a complete asshole today. But, it's how I feel. It's how I feel. Uh, I, I do want to take this time out to thank ZigZag Wraps. Thank you guys so much for all your love and support. Keeping me going, keeping me healed with my CBD. Uh, I appreciate that for y'all. Goyeki, your Mates, you guys are the best. Love you so much. Um, I, hope, I hope that both companies, I believe in them. I believe in them and I think they believe in me. And I think that they are open to people expressing the way they really feel about stuff. The language is probably a little much this episode, but we're going on an hour. Uh, I want to thank you guys so much for checking into this episode. If you haven't already tuned out already, if you have not, please subscribe, uh, leave a review on the iTunes channel. If you're listening to me on an Android service, there's um, I know stitcher. You can leave comments, I think on Spotify. I don't know what you can do. I don't know. Um, I don't. I only listen to podcasts on iTunes and on YouTube. Check out the YouTube for the uh, video telecast version of this. If you guys want one of the Road to Redemption T-shirts, go ahead and DM me at Cam Williamson Official. And with that, I'm gonna let you guys roll out of here. I'm not gonna do any music or anything this time. Just gonna let you guys roll out. It's Thursday. Hope you guys have a killer week. How much I love you. Peace.